Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 8. And in Luke chapter 8, there's uh, been all kinds of things happening. Luke started off the chapter by talking about some women that Jesus had ministered to. He had cast out demons out of some. He had healed some of some diseases. He, he gave us some names. He gave us Mary Magdalene, whom Jesus cast out seven demons. He gave us Joanna, who is the wife of uh, one of uh, Herod Antipas's uh, business managers, if you will. That's what uh, the New Living Translation calls him. Uh, and, and we also have a name of Susanna. And, and then we, Luke says there were many other women who ministered to Jesus and his disciples using some of their very own resources. And so I uh, talked about how Jesus had elevated the status of women. He, he was all about equality, if you will. That's what people are looking for today in 2021. You know, uh, people want rights. People want to be uh, considered equal. And especially among women, uh, in the Old Testament, New Testament, women were not very well looked upon. But Jesus comes along and, and, and he uh, elevates the status, if you will, of women. He was all about equality. He, allowed, he, he ministered to these women just like he did to men. And he allowed these women to, to join his entourage, if you will. And they followed Jesus around when he was teaching and, and, and going around to these villages and telling people about the kingdom of God. And then Luke shifts his focus into some of the teachings that Jesus uh, was giving to these people. And he was using parables. And so uh, in the last podcast, we, we broke down uh, the parable of the sower and, and how uh, the seed is the word of God. And the farmer was sowing his seed and, and, and you know, he, he wasn't really caring where the seed fell because God's word is always useful no matter where it falls. It does not go forth void, Isaiah 55, 11. It always, uh, uh, when God puts his word out there, it always accomplishes exactly what God wants it to accomplish and 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 jesus said the seed fell upon uh, uh it, it fell upon footpaths and it was used for bird food it fell upon uh rocky soil and it had uh shallow roots and and, and withered quickly uh, and then he said it fell among thorns and and the cares of this life choked it out but he said also the seed fell on good ground on, on fertile soil and it produced a huge crop and, 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 and so that's what we want to strive to be is that fertile soil that God can use us to produce fruit in us so that other people can take that fruit and use it uh, for their benefits. Uh, that, that's what farmers do with their crops. They, they, they sell it to others uh, or they give it to others to help benefit their families. And, and they take the portions that they sold and they pay their bills or, and they keep some of their crops and they... Uh, take care of their families and so we are to be uh, fruit producers well how do we do that is is, is the power of the word uh, and and god uses us when we share his word it is the power of his word that is changing people's lives and so we're going to get into the second parable that luke talks about in luke chapter 8 verses 16 through 18 and this is what he says or this is what jesus says and luke is writing this down 
He said, no one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. That's kind of silly, isn't it? A lamp is uh, placed on a stand. I remember this is back in Jesus' day when they'd have electricity. They had lamps. They would use these jars uh, and they would fill it full of uh, oil and they would light it. They would put a wick in it and they would light it. And so they had these oil-burning lamps. It's not like the lights that are above my head. You you just flip on a switch and you got electricity, you have light. Um, And so... That's the kind of uh, light that Jesus is talking about, these lamps these that are full of oil, and they've got a wick, and they're being lit. He says nobody's going to light this lamp and, and, and cover it with a bowl or hide it under their bed, uh, but it would probably catch on fire. Uh, he says a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is, is secret will eventually be brought into the open and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Well, right off the bat, the first thought that I have is, you know, what, what's the purpose of light? Well, the purpose of light is to reveal. If, if I didn't have the lights on in this room and I'm recording this podcast, you would hear my voice, but you're not, you wouldn't see my face. You wouldn't know what I look like because it would be absolutely dark in this room. And so with the lights on, everything, including me, is revealed. You can see the Elvis uh, blanket behind me and my records and, and, and the other my instruments. You, all these things have been revealed. Revealed, and, and you know if 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 you um, if you have kids or had kids uh, uh, in the past that maybe have grown up now, but when they were kids, maybe they played with uh, uh, the thing called Legos. Those if, you, if you've ever stepped on a Lego in the dark, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say you are thankful for light and be able to to be able to see your path. If you have to get up to use the restroom in, in, in the middle of the night or, or to go get something to drink out of the refrigerator, you are very thankful for light because there is nothing more painful than stepping on a very sharp Lego. And so that's what light does. Light reveals things that are around us so that we don't step on a Lego or we don't break our toe, you know, kick in the corner of the bed or, or whatever. They reveal the things that uh, light reveals the things that are around us so we can see these objects that are in our path and it'll give us a clear path and we can manage our way around these objects. And so Jesus said that's what you are to do with these lamps. You, you take your lamp and you set it on a stand so that when people come in they can see the light. They will be able to be able to, to uh, navigate around your home. And like I said, uh, these lamps were oil-based lamps and, and, and they, they would light these lamps and, and they, they put them on these stands around their home and light up their home. And so you know, the, the people, like I said, could navigate around them. And, and, and I, w- I just want to remind you that you have a purpose. God has saved you and given you a purpose, a new purpose. And that purpose is to be light in a world that is covered in darkness. 
In John 8, 12, Jesus said he is the light of the world, right? And if we don't have Christ, we are walking in darkness. And, and the Bible says that in several different verses, in different chapters, in different places, in different books. But Jesus is the light. He is coming to this world of darkness and he has lit it up. And so we can spiritually see now in Christ. And if we are Christ's followers, he lives in us, right? And his light will shine through us but only if we don't hide it. You know, if we don't take our light and, and stick it under the bed, which is, it sounds silly, but a lot of people do it. A lot of people just keep their faith to themselves and they don't share the light that shines in the darkness. And people are wandering around in darkness, stepping on Legos and, and, and breaking their toes because they're kicking all these things that are out there in the world that's full of darkness because we refuse to shine our light. What's the, the song, the little kid's song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine? It, 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 you know, it's a kid's song, and it's very elementary, but it's very profound because we have to shine the light of Jesus so that people can clearly see the path to heaven and give them the opportunity to dodge those Legos, to dodge those obstacles, and to make it to heaven. That is our purpose, to shine the light of Christ. Now, one thing in particular that Jesus tells the people here in this passage is that he says, For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that, everything that is concealed will, will be brought to light and made known to all. So no matter if you choose to follow Christ or not, what you do in this life will sooner or later, it will be exposed. And if, if you do follow Christ, what you do in secret, it's still going to be Exposed, it will be brought to the light. We will, it's like God is like, you have this recorder and He remembers everything, He knows everything, and we will soon day, some, someday soon, be exposed. And that's why Paul talks about, I believe it's in First Corinthians, or maybe in Romans, where he talks about uh, that we're going to be tried by fire and everything that was not done for Christ is going to be burned up. It's going to just be engulfed in flames. But those things that, that are, are lasting outside of that, after that flame, he said we're going, to be re, we're going to be rewarded. So that was just pretty cool. Well, and, and, and I'll just say that I'm so thankful for the grace of God because you know, even though I follow Christ and I have since I was 11 years old to the best of my ability, I still sin. I still fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 was written with me in mind because it says that we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. We, we do not, there is no way that we measure up to God's standard. And that's why Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins. We fall short, and but we are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ if we've made him our Lord and Savior and we're filled with the Holy Spirit but even though we're full of the Holy Spirit we still sin because we're human and we live on this earth and and we're tempted and, and, and our flesh far too often makes the wrong decisions and we sin we fall short of the glory of God but thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sin and so it, Luke's going to transition here uh, to another 
He's, he's going to get away from Jesus' teachings, and he's going to uh, talk about Jesus getting to, into his boat and crossing the Sea of Galilee. And as he makes this transition, he says that there's a huge crowd that, that's listening to Jesus and his teaching, and he says his mom and his brothers show up, and they want to see Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. And so somebody, they, they can't get to Jesus because of this huge crowd. And so they pass word along to Jesus and says, Hey, your mom and your brothers here, they want to see you. And Jesus replies, My mother and my brothers are all of those who hear God's word and obey it. In other words, if we listen to Jesus' teachings, which means, we, again, it's imperative, but we have to be in the word if we want to hear and listen to Jesus' teachings and be obedient to them. We have to be in the word. And, and we have to do what it says to do, then when we do that, we are a part of his family. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be in the family of God. I, I want to be a, a brother to Jesus. I want him to be my brother. Uh, I want to be called a brother or a friend of God. And, and that's what Jesus said. Anybody who hears my word and obeys it they're my mother. They're my brothers. That, that, that's who my family is, and I want to be a part of that family, and I pray that, that you do too. And we're going to go to break, but when we come back from break, we're going to talk about Jesus calming the storm as, as they were going across the Sea of Galilee, and he lays down to take a nap, and that storm comes, and, and, and the disciples are just so full of fear. And we'll talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Dinah Grace Hawk, and I'm so excited that my new original Christmas single, He Is Jesus, is now available wherever you stream music. Be sure to give it a like and a share, and follow me on any of the main social media or music platforms at Dinah Grace Hawk for more. So, Coming back from break, then I want to get into. Uh, there's three instances that, that in this first instance, Jesus is going to calm the storm, uh, and then he's going to uh, after he gets to the other side uh, of the Sea of Galilee where he's wanting to go. There is a guy there that uh, uh, that is naked. He's full of demons, and and Jesus is going to cast out the demons. And then there's going to be another instance where. Uh, a, 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 there's a healing that has taken place, but there's an overwhelming theme in all three of these examples that Luke is going to give us, and that overwhelming theme is this. Do not fear. Do not fear. And I think it is a great message for us today, especially in the days of COVID, because so many people are afraid to even walk outside of their, their house because they're afraid they're going to get COVID and die. They, they live in fear. They won't go to the grocery store. They, they don't go see a neighbor. They won't go anywhere. They don't want to be around people because they're scared to death. You know, people are masked up. You see people wearing a mask when they're all by themselves in their car. And I see these people, and I'm like, if you're that scared, just stay home. But, but we are so full of fear today in our world. And, and, and you're going to see this in these passages through the rest of this chapter of Luke chapter 8. That the overwhelming message Jesus is saying is, do not fear. In other words, he is in 
control. You're not. It doesn't matter if you wear a mask, if you take all the vaccinations, you can still get COVID. There's no guarantee. So go live your life. Do not live in fear. Uh, we don't have to be afraid. Jesus gives peace and we do not have to fear. And that's what Jesus is going to say over and over again in these examples is, do not be afraid. Do not live in fear. So this first example that Luke shares comes out of 22 through 25. When Jesus has been teaching, right? He's been teaching in these parables that we've discussed. And he gets in a boat with his disciples and he's going to, they're going to cross over uh, the Sea of Galilee. And it's, he says, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they got into the boat and they started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake and the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. And I just want to point something out before we go on here. We've looked like in the last chapter when Jesus was at the Pharisee's house and that woman came in, was washing the feet of Jesus with her tears. That Simon the Pharisee, he said, in his mind, he said, if this man was really a prophet, he would know who this woman is. But Jesus called him out because Jesus knew what Simon was thinking. So if Jesus can know what people were thinking, I'm pretty sure he knew what was going to happen in this instance. I'm pretty sure, I can almost say beyond a reasonable doubt, that Jesus knew there was going to be a storm come up. And I think that's why he went and, and, and took a nap. He, he was going to test the disciples to see where they're at. And so this storm comes up. Jesus is in the, in the boat asleep. And the disciples start freaking out. In verse 24, the disciples went and they woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And Luke says, suddenly the storm stopped and was calm. And then he asked them, where is your faith? And the disciples were terrified. There's your word, fear. The disciples were scared to death. They were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other, when he gives a command, even the winds and the waves obey him. And then when they get to the other side of the sea of Galilee, right, to the destination where they want to go, they're, 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 they go to the region of Gerasenes. And when they get to the shore, some naked freak comes running up to the boat, shrieking, and he's making all kinds of weird noises. And, be, and can you just be, imagine being one of the disciples and, and, and see what is going on here and, and, and seeing this naked man, first of all, and, he, and he's got chains around his arms and his legs where people have tried to bind him up in chains in the past and he the demons in him were so strong he would just break the chains and he's living among a, a, a graveyard among the tombs and, and he's naked and he's got cuts all over him where he the these demons make himself he, he cuts himself over and over again i mean this guy was literally a freak of uh, just a freak and, and and so when jesus and his disciples arrive to the shore they're uh, in, the, in the region of Gerasenes, the this naked man with these chains and all these cuts and dirty and nasty because he's living out in the open and he, he just comes running up to the boat and he's shrieking. 
making all these weird noises. And I'm, if I'm the disciples, I'm like, I ain't getting out of this boat. No, I had no way. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm staying right here behind you, Jesus. You can deal with that. I'm, I, I don't want none of that. And so Luke tells us uh, that this, this, this spirit, these demons in this guy, they often take control of the man. And even when he was placed, like I said, while ago, uh, under guard and put in chains and shackles, he just he broke him like a toothpick. He was so strong because of the demons that uh, uh, gave him such power. And so, uh, as I said, this guy's a freak in nature, and his strength was amazing, but it was no match for Jesus. No match at all for Jesus. And so Jesus has a conversation with him, and, and he says, What's your name? And the demons speak. And the demons say, Legion, meaning that he had many, many demons inside of him. And so Jesus commands the demons to come out of the man. And, 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 and they said, well, you know, there's some pigs over there. Can we go into the herd of pigs? And Jesus says, yes, you can go into the herd of pigs. And so the demons possess the pigs and they run into the sea and they drown. And I want you to listen to what takes place next. It says, when the herdsmen, the people who were taking care of these pigs, right, when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Well, why are they running? Because they're scared of what just took place. Because they know what's going on. They know this man. They've dealt with him. They've seen him around. And and they've just seen what Jesus did with these demons. And so, verse 35, people rushed out to see what had happened, and a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and as they saw the man who had been freed from the demons, he was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed. He's no longer naked. He's fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all, the, this crowd of people, who the herdsmen had gone running into town to tell people what had happened, all these people, this crowd had gathered around Jesus. They see that the man who has always been naked, <coughs> excuse me, who's been naked and crazy and some kind of freak, he is now sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's fully clothed and he's perfectly sane, Luke says. And, but listen to what Luke says at the end of verse 35. This crowd that sees all of this and they can't deny it, they were all afraid. The crowd was full of fear. Now get this, verse 36 of Luke 8. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of Gerasenes begged Jesus, watch this, not begged Jesus to come to their house and heal their sick. No, they begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Get out of our sight, dude. You're, a, you're the freak. Jesus, you're going to come in here and do this to this guy? But we don't know you. What's going on? We've never met you before in our lives. You're some kind of freaking nature. We don't want you here. Just get out of our town and leave us alone. And listen to what he says. All the people in the region of Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone for a great wave of fear swept over them. And so Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. These people had God in the flesh in their midst, who was coming to bring this great message of hope about the kingdom of God and how their lives could be changed 
And here is a perfect example when Jesus gets out of the boat and this naked freak comes running up to them, shrieking, making all these noises. Jesus realized what's going on. He cast the demons out of this man, changed this man's life. The herdsmen go running into town telling people what has had taken place. And Jesus never got to leave the boat. He was still right there beside the boat. And there sits this man whose life has been changed for the good. He is, in, he is fully clothed. He, 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 he's sane now. He's normal. And, and these people are saying, we're scared to death of you, dude. Get back in that boat. We don't want you here. Can you imagine telling God, we don't want you here? We don't want what you have to offer. But you know what? People do it every day. People do it every day. We've been talking about how we're to sow seed and we're we're we are to produce fruit and so we're like the farmer in the parable that Jesus gives. He's out there sowing seed and not caring where it falls. He just wants to sow the seed and it produce fruit. And here's Jesus showing up and to produce fruit and they're saying, "We don't want your fruit, dude. We don't want you here." And we see it every day, even today. Preachers are out there proclaiming the message of Christ, and we can't get people to attend services. People are out there on a daily basis sharing their faith in their workplace and amongst their friends and amongst their families, and their and their message is being rejected. It's fallen on 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 walkways. It's fallen on rocky soil. It's falling among thorns, but it's also falling among fruit. A fertile soil and producing fruit. So don't be discouraged. If you don't think people are listening to your message, God says, Isaiah 55 11, that his word will accomplish exactly what he wants it to accomplish. We are uh, seed sowers. We are planters. We are waterers. And it is up to God to produce the fruit. So don't be discouraged. When you are out there uh, working for the Lord and you're sowing your seed, you just keep sowing seed and let God do the rest because that seed will eventually take place in, or take hold and it will germinate and it will grow into a beautiful tree. It will grow into a beautiful plant and produce fruit. Just don't be discouraged. Just keep on keeping on. And, and, and yes, it's, there's going to be people just like, I mean, it just blows my mind that they see firsthand what Jesus can do in the power of God and they tell him we don't want that get back in your boat and get out of here because you scare us to death and so there's an overwhelmingly theme in these passages in these stories that Luke's sharing with us right now and and, and it's talking about how people are full of fear and Jesus says you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be uh, uh, full of fear in verses 37 through 39, it says, So Jesus, he, he didn't argue with the people. He did exactly what they asked. He gets back in the boat, and, and Luke says, He returned to the boat and he left. Crossing back to the other side of the lake, the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. He wanted to be like those women that Luke started out the chapter with that, that followed Jesus on a daily basis. He, he wanted to go with Jesus. 
because Jesus had made such an impact on his life and he was so grateful and thankful that he wanted to go and be with Jesus on a daily basis. But Jesus says, Jesus says, no, you need to, you need to go back home. And he says, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. And so he, the, 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 the freak, he was no longer a freak now, he's, he is now sane and he's fully clothed. He goes through the whole town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. And that's exactly what we are to do. And the last example that uh, Luke leaves us with is found in uh, verses 40 through 53. And he's going to end this chapter with two more healings. Uh, he's going to go to someone, Jesus is, he's going to go to someone's house to heal a guy's sick daughter. But he's going to be interrupted by this woman with the issue of blood who touches him. And when she touches him, he stops dead in his tracks in this big old crowd. And, 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 and while he is talking to this woman, uh, the guy who Jesus is on his way to his house to heal his daughter, the guy's daughter actually dies. And so uh, we, we kind of are left hanging for a minute. And we're thinking, well, all hope is lost. But, but it's not lost when Jesus is involved. So this is what Luke says. He says, on the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. So get that. There was a crowd waiting for Jesus to come back uh, on his boat. And then a man named Jairus, a loader, uh, a loader, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. And Jesus went with him, and he was surrounded by the crowds. Everywhere Jesus went, there's always a crowd. And so a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. One of the other gospels says she had spent every dime and nickel that she had with doctors trying to come up with a cure, but nothing uh, would heal her, nothing would cure her. And so for 12 years, this constant bleeding uh, went on. So verse 44, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing on against you. But Jesus said, no, someone deliberately touched me. I felt the healing power go out from me. And when the woman realized that she could, uh, could not stay hidden, she began to tremble. And so there again, there's our word, fear tremble she's scared to death and she falls to her knees or her knees in front of him and the whole crowd uh the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed daughter jesus said your faith has made you well go in peace and so while he's still speaking to her a messenger arrived from the home of jairus the leader of the synagogue and he tells him your daughter is dead there's no use troubling the teacher now just let jesus be right but when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, now watch this, don't be afraid. Why would Jairus be afraid? Because he had come to Jesus, he had, begged, he had got down on his knees at the feet of Jesus, and he's begged Jesus to come to his house and heal his daughter before she's dead. Jesus is actually on his way to heal his daughter, but he was interrupted by this woman who was healed when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And Word arrives through one of Jairus's friends that just let Jesus Jesus be because your daughter's died, dude. You, you, hope is hope is lost, 
And Jesus immediately turns and he looks at Jairus and says, he don't say all hope is lost. He doesn't say just believe. He says, don't be afraid. And he says, just have faith and she will be healed. Verse 51, when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John and the little girl's father and mother. And the house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he says, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Now watch this. The crowd laughed at Jesus because they all knew that the girl had died. There's no life left in this girl. And Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. And her parents were overwhelmed. But Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. That's how Luke ends chapter 8. And like I said, in my, this is my opinion, but the overwhelming idea in this chapter is do not fear, especially in these three examples of these healings because Jesus has your back. When things look chaotic and, and right now in our world of COVID and, and, and all this turmoil going on in, our, in, in the United States and all over the world, it, it, it's just chaos and, and, and God is not the author of confusion. But it's, it's easy for us to question who's in control here? We're, I can tell you who's not in control. We're not in control. But I can also tell you who is in control, even when it doesn't look like it. God is in control. And if you will listen to his voice, you will hear him say, do not fear. Don't be afraid. No matter how bad things look, and no matter how chaotic things are, I am in the midst of the storms. And I can speak a word and I can calm the storm immediately. And the question for us is, do we trust God? Do we trust God? Don't be afraid. Trust me, says Jesus. Do we trust Jesus? I'll see you next podcast. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.